welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 20th of November 2016, entitled Patient and Rapture Ready, and the Bible reading is taken from James chapter 5, verses 7 to 8. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. If you'd like to be opening your Bibles for those that are here to James chapter 5, James chapter 5, we'll be reading two verses from there to begin with. I invite you to stand in honor of the reading of God's holy word as we read from James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Father, may you bless the reading of your holy word this morning and once again meet with us as we look there too. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I guess a lot of things that has entered our conversations in recent time and especially with uh, a lot of the elections going on and some people being thrilled and some people wishing they weren't even alive or wanting to pack their bags and go somewhere else. And you know, I guess the reality is, is that we cast our vote, but in the end, the Bible teaches us it's God that's still in control. He's still on the throne. And we know the end of the story, and we know that a lot of things are taking place that is bringing all of that to pass. Trump is not the savior of the world, but neither is he the end of it. It's in God's hands. Our responsibility is to pray for our leaders wherever that we might be. But I've had a lot of people think, oh, yes, this is going to be great. All our problems are going to be solved now because he's sitting on that throne in America. I guess when I first thought about this passage, I first was going to simply call it rapture ready because I've said many times, folks, that there's only one person that when he comes to sit upon the throne that our problems will truly be solved that's when Jesus Christ comes back to rule and to reign in this world. But I thought about calling it rapture ready, to be ready for that day when the trumpet sounds. I told some, you know, I'm, I'm not looking for, for Trump. I'm listening for the Trump. And that's what I really want to hear, the trumpet sound of our Lord as he comes back to call us home. Then I thought, well, I could call it Trump ready, ready for the trumpet sound a little play on words, but I decided instead just to take two words out of these verses that we're reading here because regardless of where you are in your life right now, these words, these very simple thoughts that we'll be looking at this morning are pertinent to you. You see, if there is anything to the Christian faith at all, if we truly do have a hope, that hope is not only that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried, and rose again the third day for our sins, but that that same Jesus is coming again for us one day. Our hope is in something that is better than what we experience in this world, and we all have all of our different experiences, and some are good and some are bad, some are emotional. Sometimes we just don't know how to deal with the things that seem to be piling in upon us. But our hope, our hope for now and our hope for eternity 
is in the reality that Jesus Christ is coming for us again one day. There's some pretty strange events in this world one time, and I remember reading about one that took place in 1898. So that was a little bit. That's even older than I am, believe it or not, but 1898. And it almost sounds unbelievable. But there was a freight train that was making a a journey of about 25 miles in in Pennsylvania one night, and, and as they were traveling down the tracks, they find that unbeknown to anybody, you know how these cars kind of couple together? The coupling came undone from, from one of the trains. And we find that suddenly when the train got to the other end, they found that there was a car missing. Nobody knew where this car was at. How did it just disappear in the midst of a train with all of these other cars. And it was about three weeks later that the story came out that it was, it was found in the gully of some farmer's field where that as the train literally had come around that curve that these couplings had come loose. This middle car had gone off and because it was downhill grade, the other cars had caught up and just coupled back and went right on and nobody knew what happened to that car in the middle. Now the chances of that happening are Pretty slim, and I guess the odds would be way, way, way up there somewhere. But nowhere near as high as what a lot of the world thinks when we start talking about Jesus taking us out of here. I try to imagine sometimes. Because you see, one day, you might be in one of those cars, or you might be anywhere. (laughs) One day, the Bible says we're just going to be called out of here. (laughs) We're not going to be there. One, One instant we'll be there, and the next instant we'll be gone. And I try to figure out now, how are people going to try to explain that to the world? How are they going to, what kind of stories are they going to come up with to explain how all of these people disappeared? They'll probably think the aliens come and got us or something, who knows, but they'll come up with all kinds, I'll guarantee you, but very few of them will have anything to do with God and what really happened. The next great event on God's calendar is the rapture of his church out of this world. I believe that with all of my heart. And of course, the thoughts of the rapture for some people can be exciting. When they look, as we sang some of those songs this morning, as we, as we look for that day with excitement and know, wow, what a wonderful day that's going to be. But for others, it's with pain because they're not quite sure they're ready for that event if it's going to take place. For others, it's even they, they almost look upon it with a little bit of embarrassment. We find that it can be exciting because when we think of leaving this sin-cursed world behind and all of its problems and burdens and everything else, that's exciting. But it can be embarrassing when we begin to think that the next thing after the rapture, we're going to be facing the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ. And he says that we will give an answer for everything done, both good and bad. Something, whoa, (laughs) do I really want to face him with my life, even though maybe you know that you're saved? I wonder if I ask you this morning, do you really think that God's people today believe in the rapture? Do you think that people really believe 
that Jesus Christ is going to call us out of here? Well, I think a lot of them do. And especially if we're talking about the more evangelical circles that truly believe the Word of God to be the basis of what we believe, they do. But even though they believe that's a part of it, I wonder if they believe really that it's going to happen soon, that it's going to be the next big event. Do people live as if the rapture were the next big event on their calendar? You see, there is a huge difference in believing that something is going to happen and believing that it's going to happen today. A huge difference. You ever find yourself just longing to see Jesus face to face? You know, I don't, I don't think that it's possible. I can, I can remember. She's not in here, so I can say it. I can remember when I fell head over heels in love with my wife. And I can remember that, you know, sometimes it just absolutely... It's, it's such a marvelous thing, and it's so exciting when the, we were together and we enjoyed that time together, but at the same time, man, did it hurt. When she was off down in Bournemouth and I was up at the Air Force Base in Mildenhall and there was all that distance in between, oh, this thing of love, it hurts sometimes. So much so that sometimes back in those days we didn't have, oh, did I? Yep, I have still got it there. I don't think I remember to turn it off, though which I probably should do. We didn't have these things that we carry around in our pockets in those days. We still used the red boxes that sat on the corner. And so, man, I'd go down and I would fill my pockets full of change and I'd, I'd sit in that phone box sometimes for hours at night just putting coins after coins after coins in there just so I could hear her voice. It meant so much. And I longed for those days to be able to, to see her and to be in her presence. I just didn't think life could go on without it. We talk about loving Jesus but do we long for him in that way? Does, does, does our heart ache sometimes? You see, it's the most wonderful thing in the world to really love somebody with all your heart and to be loved in return. But do we really? We talk about loving Jesus. Do we love him in that way to where that we just long to be with him? We long to see him. We long to just, if we can't see him face to face, to just talk to him and, and know that he's there and, and to hear his voice. You see, I'm afraid that so many times that's not the way it is with us. It's kind of like I remember, and it happens sometimes in our society that, you see, I never was very good at one of these away jobs. I spent a lot of time away on the road in jobs before I was married, but not after I was married. And I remember reading about one man, and, and, and of course, to supply for his family, he had had to take a job that he was away and he had gone. And, and you know, we've even got some men that, I don't think they're here today, but that uh, we've got some men in, in, in this church that are working to try to supply for their families that are even in, in other countries because they, they send that money back to them to take care of them and whatnot. I remember reading about one of those situations where that, he was away and he was working so hard and he was sending all this money and gifts and everything back to the family all the time to show them that he cared and that he loved them. And he got a letter one day and it was from the wife and the kids and it just said, no more gifts, no more money. We just want you. <laughs> we just want you. <laughs> you know, God has gifted us with so much. 
and the blessings just pile in that he, that he pours out upon us. But it's that longing in our hearts, Lord, we love your blessings and your gifts, but we just want you. We want you to be in our, in our midst. And you see, when the writer, when James was writing here in these verses, he's telling us, be patient. Be patient, brethren. He's talking to those that truly are going to be a part of that rapture. Be patient unto the coming of the Lord. And he gives this great illustration of the husbandman caring for his vineyard, and he's out there, and you know, he plants all of his crop, and he has to wait the early rains, the latter rains. He has to wait patiently for those rains to come so that the increase will be there. And he said, be patient in the same way. Establish your hearts because the coming of the Lord draws nigh. You know, he's telling us here, sometimes it's hard because how do we stipulate being patient when it's something that on the one hand we're saying we should be excited about? Patience has nothing to do with excitement and looking forward to something. Patience has to do with knowing that it's coming and that it will be there. And so don't get anxious. Don't worry about it. You can be excited about it. You can be looking forward to it with so much. I told you that I could remember. It's like that in that anticipation. I can still remember as a young kid when mom and dad would say that, that the grandparents were coming to visit us and we knew that they were coming on such and such a day, but we didn't know exactly when they would arrive. Every little bit. We're going and we're, we're pulling the curtains back and we're looking out. We think, are they out there yet? Well, naturally they're going to come in when they get there, but we're just so excited. We're just looking with anticipation. Are they, are they here yet? Are they here yet? Do we really believe that the coming of the Lord is near? I want to give you three thoughts this morning. Some people just willingly deny that the rapture is even going to take place. There are many scoffers that just think that, you know, we're just a bunch of loonies, <laughs> that we, you know, we're, we're looking for this thing, but it just isn't going to be. Peter said this in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 to 6. He said, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust, scoffers, they don't believe all that religious googly gawk that they think that it is. They're just after the things that's going to make their day right now, make them happy right now. There's going to come these scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? Okay, all you folks, where is this promise? They've been saying that for over 2,000 years and we don't see him yet. He says, for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. They said the same thing about the flood. Poor old Noah stood up there and man, he preached 120 years. Still, it was only his family that got on the boat with him. 
I mean, you know, some of it did sound kind of weird. Who in the right mind is building this big boat out in the middle of nowhere in dry land? I mean, who does something like that? Who's talking about this water falling out of the sky? I mean, that's never happened. What in the world would make you think something like that would happen? They didn't believe it. They scoffed. They mocked. They laughed. They made fun until the rain started coming. And then it changed. I'm saying today that there are many folks that deny that the rapture is even real. Many people that just willingly deny not only the return of Jesus, but deny Jesus altogether. Some may claim to be atheists that don't believe in any God, and some may be agnostics that have known the truth but have turned from that truth. We find that many today would ask that same thing. Where, where is the promise of this coming that you talk about? Where's the fulfillment of that promise? I mean, I've, I've heard people saying this and preaching this all my life, but it, it hasn't happened yet. Well, there's a few things I want you to remember. They can deny it all they want. But one thing for certain is the rapture is going to be sudden. It's going to be sudden. Oh, yes, there are signs to tell us to watch for these things, and when you see these things, you know that it's getting near. 2 Peter 3.10 says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are in therein shall be burned up. 1 Thessalonians 5.2, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52 in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Folks, there is no announcement that's going to say it's going to happen next week or next month or next year. It's going to come suddenly when it happens. We are to be ready and watching and waiting. Be patient and established in your hearts because the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. It's funny, I've seen a whole lot of uh, people try to work out the timing of just how long is the twinkling of an eye. And of course, some people think it's a blink. And I've seen all these illustrations where, okay, and the average person will blink. You can see 15, 20, 25 times a minute. It goes anywhere from 2 to 50, but, but somewhere in there that we blink a minute, and then you start working out, you know, well, man, you know, how many, how many years out of your life that you spend walking around with your eyes closed and how many years you spend driving a car that you, that you got your eyes shut the whole time and all these things. And in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, some believe that it's not even that blink that it's that twinkle, it's that light that takes from the second instant it hits you. Hey, it's fast. I mean, it's so fast that you can't even see it happen. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, that's how quick that it's going to take place. I find that, you know, I said before, some people get worried. They think the dead people got a head start on us because the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we're going to meet them in the air. But... Uh, that's just so they can go ahead and get that six foot further before we catch up with them, amen? 
but it's going to be quick. There's not going to be any warning signs going off, any whistles blowing. The trumpet's going to sound, and it's going to be done. So quick, the people won't know what happened. They thought that that, <laughs> that car was missing out of that train. They couldn't figure it out. I mean, people are going to be out of here so quick. The Bible tells us that they're not going to know what hit them. The rapture is going to be sudden. We can look at many passages, but I just want you to remember that. Folks, we need to be patient, and we need to be established in our hearts because the coming is coming soon. It's going to be sudden, and it's going to be soon. Matthew chapter 24 gives us many, many things to, to look for, some of those signs, and he, he says that when you see these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Just when you see these things happening, you know the end of time is near. We find that many of those things we do see, we can look all around us. He gives us these things leading up to the great tribulation. Well, if we're correct in our timing, the rapture's taken place before the great tribulation. So if we're seeing the signs of the things that are leading to the tribulation, then we're even closer to the rapture of the Lord. We see that whether it's the rumors of wars, the strange weather, the earthquakes, the, the tsunamis, all of these things being set up, a one-world currency, a one-world government. <laughs> we see all these things all around us. It's kind of like after church one day, the little girl had been in church and the preacher had been preaching on the second coming of the Lord. And, you know, out of the honesty, just little hearts sometimes, they're in the car, she's sitting buckled in, of course, next to her mom, and they're heading home, and uh, she looks up to her mommy, and she says, Mommy, do you really think that Jesus is coming back? And her mom said, well, 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 of course, dear. Yes, Jesus is coming back. She sat there a moment. She said, Mommy, do you really think that it'll be today? And she said, well, it, it, it could be, darling. Yes, it could be any day. She sat there a moment. She looked up and said, Mommy, will you comb my hair for me? <laughs> She wanted to be ready for Jesus if he was coming today. She wanted her hair combed. She wanted to be right for him. You know, the little ones, she didn't have to even think. That was just, that was the natural response. Well, if Jesus is really coming and if Jesus is really coming today, I want to look like I need to look for him when he comes. And I think that today we don't even need to mention the fact that those that don't know Jesus, if they really believed that Jesus was coming back, and if they really believed that it was soon, they'd be on their face before God to get ready for it. But you know, I think the even sadder part is, folks, as Christians, do we really believe it? Are we where we want to be when the Lord returns for us? That's not to make you feel bad. It's just the only way we can do anything about it is to look in the, in the mirror and be honest are we where we want to be, doing what we want to be doing? Is this what, if I really, really believed that Jesus was going to come back before the end of this service or before the end of this day, how would I spend the rest of my day? What would I do if I really knew that? You see, we say that we believe that he's coming, and we say that, yeah, they're out there scoffing about it, and a lot of them don't believe it. We believe it. Do we believe it is really going to be soon? You see, some will just deny the rapture, but some people want to 
delay the rapture. They really, they want Jesus to come back, but they'd rather, it wasn't today, they would rather maybe him wait a week or a month or a year. 1 John chapter 2, verse 28, and now little children, abide in him. Abide in Jesus. That when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Remember what I said a while ago, that some people will be excited, but some people will be ashamed or embarrassed because they're not ready for his coming. I'm not a, I'm not a, a big fan or know a whole lot. I can really show my ignorance when it comes to, to, uh, to worldly music a lot of times, but I'm sorry, I'm from the South, and I used to be put before a lot of that old country and Western music sometimes, and there was a songwriter by the name of Kenny Rogers. If you don't know what he looked like, a lot of people said he looked kind of like me, that he took after me, uh, but, uh, but Kenny Rogers sang a lot of those old country and Western songs, and uh, he used to, uh, to sing one that uh, had some words in it that said, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Uh, and of course, he was talking about a card game. Uh, you know, when you're playing, when you're gambling in a card game, you got to know when to hold your cards and you got to know when to fold them and put them down. I think that too many people today are gambling with eternity and it's not something to be gambled with. Sometimes some people today are just wanting to, to hold what they've got because they think they might have a chance of winning. But what they need to do is put down everything they've got and trust in him. There's a time. There's a certain truth to that. <laughs> Folks, we shouldn't be gambling with anything, but we certainly ought not to be gambling with our eternity. I jotted down a few questions here. And it's just, just to kind of jog our, our thoughts a little bit. Do we pray like Jesus is coming? I mean, when you talk to him, do you really talk to him like you think that you might see him later on today or tomorrow? Or do you really talk to him and pray to him like, like he's coming soon? Because it makes a difference when we really anticipate seeing someone soon. And there's going to be some excitement, some bubbling if that's somebody that we really love. And our, and our conversations are going to, to show that. We're here today and we, we call this a, a worship service. We call it a time that we come to worship him, to honor him, to glorify him, to magnify him. He should be what's being seen. We should be showing when we worship something. It's when we humble ourselves before that one. A lot of confusion about worship today, but let me just ask you this. Are you here worshiping today as if you really thought that Jesus might come before this service is over? Are you worshiping him from your heart? They that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. I wonder, just like when we pray and we talk to him, do we go to God's word like we really believe that he's coming today? Do we really read that and listen to what he's got to say for us because we expect him to be here any time? Do we commit ourselves, and I don't, you know, I'm, I am so grateful because God called me here and God put me here, and what was it, just uh, two weeks ago, 
We celebrated 85 years since they first walked through those doors and over 26 years that you've been putting up with me. And the truth is, is that when we come here to this church, you know, I'm appreciative of everybody that walks through those doors, whether it's their first time or their thousandth time, whether they're lost or whether they're saved, whatever. I appreciate somebody walking through those doors, but I also appreciate this, and I've I've touched on this a few times lately. We just kind of take it for granted that those doors are going to be there when we want to go through them. (laughs) When we feel like we need to maybe go to church today, because I haven't been in a while, when we want to ease our conscience, or maybe because we, (laughs) maybe we really do belong to God and there's a longing that we need to satisfy. See, people come through those doors for all kinds of reasons, and I'm grateful for every one of them. But let me ask you today. We've heard the old saying many times, many preachers said, you know, if if every member of this church were just like me, what kind of church would this church be? I wonder, I wonder if everybody were as committed to this church, to your church, to the Lord's work as you are. How much would his work be progressing? Would this church still be here? You see, This is his church that he died and gave himself for. This is his church. We are supposed to be an image of the body of Christ. Do people see Christ in this place and in us? I'm thankful for everybody, but I know this. If we really believed that the Lord was coming soon, really believe that, I think we might be a little bit more committed to our service to him instead of to our own desires and wishes. I don't say that to be mean. If you can rationalize it different for yourself, then that's fine, but I'm just trying to be honest. Do we live like Jesus is coming? Would you live your life the same way, do the same things, go the same places if you really believed he was coming? This is a hard one. Do we really witness like we believe Jesus is coming? Do you believe today might be your last opportunity to witness to your friend, to your family, to that person that you care about that doesn't know Jesus Christ? I'm just asking you. If you knew that this was the last day they had to accept him because the rapture was really going to take place, would you be witnessing in the same way that you are. We say we believe in the rapture. We say that we believe it. Some people just willingly deny it. Some people would just wish to delay it till they could get some things straightened out and sorted out. But thank God there's some people that really desire it. <laughs> I mean, they work, they desire it. There's so many, so many things that we could look at, but 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 tells us this. He says, looking for the hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Do we believe 
that all around us one day will be history. Titus chapter 2, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is God, and he is our Savior, and he is our only hope. Are we really looking for his appearing? 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, henceforth, There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. I don't don't think they even do it much now. It's kind of like when I was in school, I did go. I was a little boy one time, and every six weeks, Every six weeks, we had what was called a report card. (laughs) And in that report card, it showed our grades for that six weeks. And we had to bring that report card home to mom and dad. And on the back of it was all these places for the signatures where they had to sign it that they had seen it. Man, I can remember sometimes when maybe that thing had all A's. Not often, but all A's on there. I mean, man, I was so excited. I wanted to show them that report card. I wanted to show them how good that I'd been. But if there was C's and, God forbid, D's and maybe, oh, man, then I'm trying to figure out where can I hide this thing? How can I get Dad's signature on there without him looking inside of it or something? Because, man, I did not want to face him with those poor, poor grades. But you see, I think sometimes that's kind of the way that (laughs) when we know when Paul was able to say that he had fought a good fight, he'd finished his course, he'd kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid it for me a crown of righteousness. We see, I think that when we have that confidence, man, (laughs) we are such imperfect beings. I cannot express to you in words how it shocks me that God would want to save me, that God would want to use me in any way. I don't understand it. It's by his grace. My confidence is not in me. It's in Jesus Christ himself. But I know that I love Jesus Christ with all of my heart, and I'm asking you, do you love him that way today, and are you looking for his coming to be here any time? You see, at least we can know that we're faithful. We can know that our time, that our time here is one that, that we can know with absolute sincerity that when we face him one day, we can at least know that if nothing else, we've been faithful. Patient, patience, even when the scoffers are out there saying that it's not going to happen. Patience. Establish your hearts. Established in your heart, knowing. See, the world can't take that from you. They can play with your mind. They can play with your emotions. I want to ask you in closing today, are you one of the scoffers? Are you the one that wonders whether all those things, because you've never really had that relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've had a dose of religion, but you've never. You've never loved him in the way that you've loved things and people of this world. Are you here today? Because I want you to know something. 
We've talked about his love a number of times lately. <laughs> you cannot, you cannot do anything to make God love you more. You can't do anything to make him love you less. He loves you perfectly, just like you are. He died for you. He wants you to be joy. We're going to be looking this evening at, at peace in our Christian lives. But today, if you're here and you don't know him, you can know him today. You can know him. Christian, do you understand? God knew every mistake you would make. He knew everything about you that there is to know. Not just when he died for you on the cross, but when he saved you that day, when you humbled yourself before him and you asked him to forgive you from the depths of your heart, he knew you. He knew how I would disgrace him and mess up and do all these things, but he loved me and he saved me anyway. He loved you, he saved you, and he's coming for you one day. Do you believe that? Are you living like you really believe it? Today, today. Have you left your first love like the church in Revelation? <laughs> Does that love need to be rekindled? Not today. Jesus is coming. And he's coming soon. Nobody knows the date. <laughs> he couldn't come as a thief in the night. He couldn't come suddenly. He couldn't. But we can see the things around us. How much further can this world go? You see, he's coming. But are you ready for him to come? Do you believe that he's coming? Father, I could say a lot this morning from my heart because, Lord, you know my heart that if there's anyone here that they don't have that relationship, I, God, we don't need more religion. We don't need more of people trying to do what they can do. We need more relationships with Jesus Christ based on that perfect love that he's loved us with and us returning that love to him, recognizing that our only hope is in Jesus and it's only by your grace that any of us can be saved. But today, Lord, I can only leave you to deal with hearts. If there's anyone here today that's lost that doesn't know Jesus Christ, would you help them this day, Lord, not to leave this place in that state today, and if there are Christians here, maybe just they do believe in the rapture. They've kind of lost sight of the fact that it could be today. They haven't really been living their lives accordingly, and maybe today they just need that love rekindled a bit. Would you work in their hearts today, please, Lord? With every head bowed and every eye closed, can I just ask you this morning, is there anyone here today that doesn't have that certainty of knowing knowing that you're ready for the rapture. You don't know that you've been saved, born again, on your way to heaven. Would you slip your hand up and ask me just to pray for you at this time? Could I pray for you? You don't have that certainty, but you care enough about your eternity that you'll say, pray for me. God knows your heart. If you're here today and you know that you're saved, but you just say, Preacher, I, I really, I know that I'm saved. I love Jesus, but I really haven't been living like I believed he was coming for me today. Maybe the love has dwindled a bit and I just need to get that rekindled. I, I need to be patient. 
I need to be established in my heart. Regardless of what's going on around me, I know that he's coming for me soon. Would you slip your hand up as a Christian? God sees your hands all over the place. God knows your hearts. Father, you see these hands. We're not here, Lord, for people to make a show today. We're here for people to allow you to do the work in their hearts that only you can do. Lord, I pray now that you would just be with each one of these, Lord, that raise their hands and maybe some that should have but didn't. But, Lord, I pray that you honor their request, that you would help them. Help us all, Lord. Help us to be ready for that soon coming event. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.